Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. Now, how many of you ever get a message from your, your spouse that you didn't end quite the way you thought it was going to end? Like, like, like the other day, I shared this on Wednesday, I got a text from Penny. Okay, it starts like this. On 927, your birthday. I'm like, okay, this is good. I have a hair appointment at five. Okay, no way. I have a hair appointment at five. Okay. What, I'm thinking, what are we going to do after five? Can you come home at 4.50 so I can make it? I mean, that's not the ending of the message I was looking for. It's my birthday. I was looking for something a little more than come home early so I can get to my hair appointment. <laughs> okay. That di- Listen, this is, uh, excuse me, this is my time. That you're just over there. <laughs> if you keep it up, I'm going to scare you with a microphone. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See how much fun we have? Let me tell you what I did to her on Monday. This is really great. So we got home about lunchtime or 12, one on Monday, and I was sitting there watching golf, and um, it was Labor Day, and I said, I said to her, I said, I'm going to go paint. I'm going to go paint over the thing. And she says, no, you're not. You're not painting today. You're off today. Okay, fine. Hour later, she said, I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> So she went to take a nap, and she went in to lay down on the bed. I'm thinking, hmm. So I went into the master bedroom and into the bathroom and into the closet, and I thought, I've got to get my paint shorts, and I've got to get my paint shirt. And then I had mess shorts on my, my athletic shorts. I like, how am I going to get out of here? I know what I'll do. So I took the paint shorts, I rolled them up, and I shoved them in my shorts here, and I took the shirt, and I rolled them in here, and then I walked past her. I said, I'll see you later, okay? I'm going, and she went to sleep, and I came over and painted. That's right. <laughs> Life with Jim. <laughs> Amen. Turn with me this morning to Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, chapter 3. I, I got one scripture I want to read to you, and then I'm going to uh, preach from it for a little while. I'm going to be brief, Tim. <clears throat> I did not say you don't know anything about brief. I said you can't say hello brief. <laughs> That's what I said. Hebrews chapter 3, there's a profound scripture here that I already referenced once in today's service, but I want to really build upon this this morning. In um, chapter 3, verse 1, Therefore, holy brothers, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. This is a crazy, profound scripture. And uh, let me bring it out in a minute. Father, we ask you to bring your word out. Father, I ask you to use me in such a way that I can bring it across clearly, concisely. May you lead it. May you guide it. And Father, when it's all said and done, may you get the glory. May you get the honor. And Father, may we walk in a, a confident confession as a result of it. In Jesus' name, amen. So this scripture, just I was reading it the other day. I was like... I've never really preached on this, and I've never really taken a look at it. And so I really began to look at these two terms that that says, consider Jesus. Now, that word consider there, it means to look and learn and observe the lesson that's packed in it. All right, so now you're going to consider Jesus, and out of considering Jesus, time out. Yep, there goes a rabbit. We got to introduce the baby. Stand up and tell us who's here this morning, Ben. Tell everybody who's here. Stanley Pax Wallace. Stanley Pax Wallace is in the house. Guys, he's gorgeous. He's handsome. 
Congratulations. We're so happy for you. All right. God bless you. All right. Got to do that, right? Got a new person in the church. We got to stop there. And so this term, Jesus, the apostle and high priest, what can we learn out of it? What does it mean for us? Okay, now look what it says. He's the apostle and high priest of our confession. What is our confession? We'll talk about that in just a moment. So let's unpack this for a moment. I got 22 slides this morning. Troy texted me and said, 22 slides? I said, yeah, I'm going to do 10 minutes on each one. I'm just kidding, all right? But let's take a look at this. So we already read the scripture. Therefore, holy brothers, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. Let me talk to you about this. The word apostle means a delegate, a messenger, an ambassador who is sent forth with orders. All right? As we know, Jesus took 12 men, named them apostles, sent them on a commission, sent them with a mandate, delegated them with authority, delegated them with an appointment, delegated him as his ambassadors, all right? The U.S. sends ambassadors from this nation to other nations of the world, all right? That job of the ambassador is to represent our leadership in that nation. It is to represent our interest in that nation, Jesus, the apostle, sent by God, appointed by the Father. Now, let's think about this. So, this delegate, this ambassador named Jesus, what was his role? The apostolic function of Jesus was to present the God of heaven to the men of the earth. All right? The apostolic function of Jesus was to present to the world, to you and I, to lost humanity, to sinful men, was to represent God to the men of the earth, all right? Now think about this. How did he do that? How did he do that? The Bible tells us there's multiple ways that Jesus did that. First of all, Jesus did that because when Jesus spoke, how many know he spoke the words of the Father? He said, the words that I speak are not my own. The words that I speak are my Father's. Listen to me this morning. And the importance of this is for us to understand this. You and I get our image and our picture of who God is from Jesus. From Jesus. Not Pastor Jim. Everybody say, praise God. Not from your mother, not from your grandmother, not, from, not even from Dick Weber, who I think is, might be Jesus' twin. Okay? You get a picture of who God is from Jesus. You pick up the Gospels, you read the Gospels, and when you read those Gospels, you see how God wants to interact with sinners. You see how God wants to interact with the world. You hear his words, all right? So first of all, Jesus the apostle came with the words of the Father so that when people heard him, they heard God the Father. Speaking of words, didn't Ruth Jowdry do a great job last week? Man, Ruth, great job last week. I, was, I, was, I really loved that focusing on him in the storm, focusing in the storm was so good, Ruth. And, uh, but the words of Jesus revealed the words of God the Father. The apostolic function of Jesus, Jesus the apostle, performed the works of the Father. He said, the works I do are not my own. The works I do are the Father's. So listen to me for a moment. I'm talking about you got 33 years of a life. We have three years that are recorded in the Gospels. That life was the apostolic function of Jesus, God's ambassador, sent to the earth so that men would hear the words and see the works of God the Father. 
You know why so many Christians have a failed concept of who God is? Because they don't take the time to find out who Jesus is. The more biblically illiterate we become, the more flawed our God, our view of God is going to become. We have got to form our perspective of God from who Jesus is. His words and his works. Jesus, the apostle, came in the character of the Father. Man, you want to know what God's like? Read about Jesus. Loving, kind, gracious, full of truth, mercy. All the characteristics of Jesus are the characteristics of the Father. Whenever we have, you know, you know when, I, when I'm gone and like there's Troy's here and Karen's here and the rest of the staff are here, I don't worry about the decisions that they make while I'm gone. I really don't. Because what I know is that we've been together long enough that we are going to make decisions based upon a, a culture that we have created. We're going to make decisions that are consistent with what we've done. I don't worry about that because everything's going to be done in the character of what we've done. All right? And so Jesus comes. He comes with the words of the Father. He comes with the works of the Father. He comes in the character of the Father. But also... The Bible tells us that he came carrying the authority of the Father. How many know an ambassador is no good without some authority? All right, so he comes. So what's he got? He has authority over demons. He has authority over death. He has authority over sickness. He has authority over disease. He has authority over the wind and the waves. He's carrying authority because he's a delegated ambassador. With that authority revealed what? The authority of God. Right? So you got to watch it. So here's Jesus, the, our apostle, the apostle of our faith, who comes and lives this life in an apostolic function with the words, the works, the character, and the authority of the Father, but also, he also operated in the power of the Father. And how was that? The Bible tells us Holy Spirit dwelled in him. The Holy Spirit descended like a dove and remained on him. The Holy Spirit empowered him. The Bible says that he did ministry in the power of the Spirit. Jesus returned from the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit, and he began to preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. All of that was done in the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't it funny that this apostolic life that Jesus lived, he then gave to his apostles. He said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go in my name. I want you to go with my works. I want you to go with my words. I'm going to give you authority, and I'm going to give you power to do the very same things that I've been doing. Now, stick with me, all right? So Jesus, the apostle of our faith, the ambassador, the apostolic function of Jesus. The, the life of Jesus was an apostolic display of the king and a kingdom, not of this world. Come on. It was a display of a king and a kingdom, not of this world. The life of Jesus was an apostolic mission to present God, to present the Father to sinful men, to reveal the God of heaven to the men of earth, to reveal the kingdom, not of this world. Repent for the kingdom of God. The goodness of the kingdom is at hand. When we send an ambassador to another nation, they're there to represent our nation. 
Jesus came to represent the king and the kingdom, not of this world. Aren't you glad that God's not a Republican, Democrat, or Independent? Aren't you glad that he's not defined by a political party? Let me say it again. He's not defined by a political party. Quit defining him by a political party because he's not defined by a political party. This is a kingdom, not of this world. He was uh, displayed the kingdoms in the midst of the kingdoms of the world. This mandate was to reveal the kingdom of God. There's always someone who was willing to present God to you. How many of you have ever had that person in your life who wants to present that angry God to you? I mean, he's just mad at life. God is just ticked off. Thousands of years ago, he woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I got some people in my life that my God's angry all the time. And that's how they want to present God. Others want to present him as some mamsy-pamsy, no justice, no judgment, doesn't judge sin God. That's not, I mean, that's not him either. The fact of the matter is, there's, I mean, no, there's an atheist that wants to tell you there is no God. The fact of the matter is there's always somebody who wants to tell you what God looks like and present God to you. That was the apostolic function of Jesus' life, that you would see who God was through Jesus, that you would know who God was through Jesus. He was the perfect revelation of God to the world. All right? How does that impact your life now? In every way. It has to. In the Gospels, you have the life of Jesus in print. When you read about Jesus, you read his words, you read about his works, you're getting a presentation of God. You're getting a presentation of the Father. The woman caught in adultery, how does God deal with her? Like Jesus did. That sinful woman who came in and anointed him, how does God deal with her? How did God deal with the self-righteous? There's a perspective that we need to gain of God through the life of Jesus, which was his apostolic function. An apostolic function was to present the Father to the world. The high priestly function. This is the apostle and the high priest. Hmm. See, the apostolic function were those years that he was alive and did ministry that you read about. But then he moves into this high priestly office. And how many know that came about when he went and took himself to Calvary? Let's talk about this for a moment. The high priestly function of Jesus. See, the apostolic function was to present God to sinful men. The high priestly function of Jesus was to represent sinful men to a holy God. I am so God that Jesus represents me in the face of a holy God. In his life, as his apostolic function, I see God. But now in his high priestly function, I, he represents me to God, and God sees me through him. Oh, praise Jesus. I don't want, I, I don't want him judging me without a filter named Jesus. <laughs> Amen. This high priestly function. All right, the apostolic function presented the God of heaven to the earth. The high priestly function represents sinful men to the God of heaven. Sinful man has a representative in the face of a holy God. Think about this. Jesus, the high priest, 
offered an atoning sacrifice on our behalf. Do you understand what he was doing? He didn't take a lamb out of the stall. He didn't take a lamb out of the the pasture. He didn't take a lamb somewhere. No, 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 no. He was the lamb of God that he, the high priest, was bringing to put on the altar called Calvary to make a sacrifice for sinful men to a holy God. I don't know about you, but I'm sure glad he performed that high priestly function. All right, he brought this atoning sacrifice. Jesus, the high priest, represented sinful men at the altar of Calvary. Guess who belonged on that cross? You. You did. I did. We all did. But Jesus, the high priest, said, no, 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 no. I got a sacrifice. I got a sacrifice. Jesus, the high priest, represented sinful men in the holy place where the blood was applied to the mercy seat. Listen to me. I've done these lessons before where I believe when you look in the Old Testament and you look at the great day of atonement and you look what happened on the day that Jesus died, I believe there's such a parallel that the altar, the altar was the cross and that body was, that lamb was placed upon that altar where that life was taken and then, that, then Jesus was laid in the holy place, which I call the tomb. The tomb was the holy place. How many know in the holy of holies where the high priest took the blood and that blood was applied to the mercy seat and the Shekinah glory of God would come down, meet with the high priest and the sin would be forget, atoned for for another year. But do you understand this morning that it was my high priest Jesus that took his body to the Calvary who then took that blood into the holy place, put the blood on the mercy seat, the Shekinah glory of God comes down. I'm not just atoned for, I am forgiven. Listen to me. This was the high priestly function of Jesus was to create and take the sacrifice before a holy God. Jesus, the high priest. But see, see, here's the great thing about it. And I always love to teach that one lesson where he'd go into, he went into the tomb, into the holy place. And we always read the, on the, about the resurrection. Whenever they get to the tomb and they look in and they see the angel, one at the head and one at the foot, which is a picture of the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat, cherubim. Because if you know the, the, the mercy seat, you had the angels, the cherubim, whose wings come up and touch like this. Coincidence that there's an angel at the head and foot where Jesus lay? There's no coincidence. That's the mercy seat, baby. But then they left the, then they, the, the, the Holy Spirit tells the writer of the scriptures to mention the empty strips of linen. Remember the empty strips of linen? I asked the Lord one day, why would he take, why would he, why would he take the time to mention the linen strips? Because if you know, in the great day of atonement, that high priest would take off his high priestly robe he would put on a linen ephod, and he would, it was called the grave clothes, the blood clothes, and he would take that into the holy place where he put the blood. But when he came out of that holy place, he would put on those high priestly garments again, the ornamental robes again, the turban on his head, the breastplate. He put it all on again because he wasn't offering a sacrifice again. How many know that the Bible tells me that my Jesus was raised from the dead and my Jesus is now my high priest? How many know he left the linen strips behind because he ain't never going to need him again because he's now dressed in his high priestly robe? Now here, what, here's the great thing about it. So now he went to Calvary representing me. He went into the holy place representing me. But here's what the Bible tells me. Now, right now, today, at this very moment, he's representing me at the right hand of the Father, interceding for me. My brother, my Savior, my Lamb is interceding, high priestly function for me. Come on. Come on. Come on. Think about this. 
Jesus, the high priest, now represents us, his brothers, by interceding at the right hand of the Father. Here's the great thing. The apostleship ended, but the high priestly function is still going on a daily basis for you and I. Think about this. This is unbelievably rich. Because you say, well, what does that mean for me? How how does that impact my life? It has everything. You see, the life of Jesus was an apostolic display of the king and a kingdom. The death of Jesus was the high priestly function whereby sinful men could now stand before a holy God. Now, here's what this verse says. Therefore, holy brothers, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and the high priest of our confession. What comes out of my mouth, my profession, my confession. Here's what the Bible's telling me, that Jesus, the apostle and high priest, form the confession of my heart and my mouth. If I form the confession of my heart based upon the God that Jesus shows me and the high priestly function of Jesus, how many of you know that confession of my mouth is probably going to be aligned pretty good with the confession of God? Because confession is coming into agreement and saying the same thing on a matter. All right, what's, this, is, this word means profession, confession, uh, what we profess to be ours, okay? It means to say the same thing. His confession is what we believe. All right, it's what we do. It's what we profess. My confession is formed by the life and death of Jesus. The apostolic function and the high priestly function of Jesus form the confession of my mouth. All right, now think about this. What I confess about the king comes from the ambassador. What I confess about God comes from the life of Jesus. You see, if you're forming an opinion on God that's outside of Jesus, how many know you've got a misaligned uh, um, view of God? You have to get it from the ambassador, the apostle. All right? When I confess about the God of heaven is formed by the Jesus of the earth, he forms my confession. Look at the scriptures. The disciples had a revelation of God from a daily daily life with Jesus. Okay? They could see what God was like because every day they were hanging out with Jesus, hearing the words, seeing the works of Jesus. How Jesus dealt with this woman caught in adultery. How he dealt with the sinful woman. How he dealt with Peter. How he dealt with James and John. How he dealt with the demoniacs. How he dealt with the Pharisees. You see, this whole aspect is it forms The confession, it forms what I believe in here. This is what I can tell you because of my Jesus, the apostle and high priest of my faith. That even when things aren't good, I can tell you this, God is good. Even when things happen that I don't understand, my God is still good. That I can tell you this morning is everybody can reject me this morning, but my God still loves me. Come on. It forms a basis of my life. It gives me a perspective and I've got a confession in my heart. I mean, Job had a confession of his heart. Though he slay me, I will serve him. There's a confession that's formed in me. You see, so watch what happens. So, so this, this, this verse right here, 
says about that Jesus was the apostle and high priest of our confession. He was faithful to him who appointed him. Then he goes on and talks about Moses. We're not going to spend a lot of time there this morning. I'm going to skip down and show you what, verse 6, but Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are. If we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our hope firm until the end. How do I do that? I do that in faith. I do that in belief. Watch what the scripture says. Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me. Excuse me. As in the day of trial in the wilderness. How many know trial will test your confession? How many know trial will test your confession? Tribulation will test your confession. Hardship will test your confession. I mean, no success will test your confession. You better believe it. God told the people, when you go into the land and you start eating from crops you didn't plant, you start being successful in the promised land, you're going to forget me. He says, don't harden your hearts as when they provoked me, as in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tried me by testing me and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with this generation. Now, catch this verse. And said, and said, they always go astray in their heart. They always go astray. This is what God said about that generation. They always go astray in their heart. Let me say this to you this morning. Before you go astray with your feet, you will first go astray with your heart. Your feet will always follow where your heart goes. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Some of that stuff you found yourself in, you didn't just end up there. You started thinking about it, fantasizing about it, and going it right here before you did it there. Can I get an amen? You always go astray in your heart. Before you go astray with your mouth. Uh-oh. Anybody here ever went astray with your mouth? <laughs> Not me. No, no, we don't do it with our mouth anymore. We do it with our fingers. We text or we post or we tweet or we do all that other stuff, right? The point of the matter is, before we go astray with this mouth, we've gone astray in our heart. Because how many know when we get our heart right, our mouth will be right? You know why you, know why you got a bitter mouth? Because you got a bitter heart. You know why you got a jealous mouth? Because you got a jealous heart. You know why you got a critical mouth? Because you got a critical heart. Oh, boy. It starts in your heart. How do you change that? Let God heal your heart. Before you go astray with your hands, you'll go astray with your heart. The work of your hands, the deeds. You see, and this is what it says. He says, they always go astray in their heart and they did not know my ways. How many know that a man thinks he's right in his heart? The Bible says. Hey, where are you going? Get back here. <laughs> Will anybody take me home for lunch? <laughs> I'm so in trouble. <laughs> I have so much fun. It's not even ridiculously funny. 
Jesus, I need you to be my apostle and high priest today. <laughs> Listen to me. The reason that our hearts go astray is because we don't know his ways. And we think we're right when we're not right. Okay, so think about this. So how do I know the ways of God so that my heart won't go astray? I got good news for you. Jesus, the apostle of my faith, reveals the ways of God to me. Come on. When I, when I pick up the gospel, when I pick up the word of God, when I pick up the gospels, I'm seeing a picture of a God whom I relate to, whose ways for my life are outlined, and now it guards my heart from going astray. Jesus reveals the ways of God. I'm so glad that Jesus redoes that. The apostolic function of Jesus revealed the ways of God to me when I read the scriptures. Remember, Jesus lived as a son. Guess what I am? I'm a son. I'm a son. Jesus revealed to me how to live as a son. The high priestly function of Jesus revealed the ways of God to me. That God was not willing that any should perish. Therefore, he presented an offering through Jesus, the high priest, so that I could be found righteous in his sight. Are you getting an idea how good God is this morning? How good Jesus is? Now, all of a sudden... What happens is whenever I'm tested and trial hits, my heart doesn't go astray because my confession and my faith have been founded in the apostolic life and death, high priestly death of Jesus. This high priestly function shapes and forms the confession of of God, of Jesus, and even of myself. That forms the confession of my sin that says, guess what? I know I'm a sinner, but I know I've been forgiven. The confession of my mouth is, I'm born anew from above. The old is gone, the new has come. Amen? That there's a confession of my mouth. That I'm no longer a slave, I'm a son. The confession of my, my mouth becomes what? I'm righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in me. My confession is now shaped by the life of Jesus and the death of Jesus. And now I've got confidence in the day of trial. I've got confidence in the day of tribulation. I've got confidence when I want to walk astray. Because I now know the ways of God. The scripture is so profound. I'm just a little excited about it this morning. That same, that, 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 that now I cry out, my confession is, Abba, Father. Confession is founded in the work of Jesus. Confidence is forged out of the work of Jesus. Our confidence today is in the work of Jesus Our confidence is in that apostolic priestly work. Our confidence isn't in ourselves. Aren't you glad it's not in a president? 
No matter, I, I don't give a rip which guy you like and which guy you don't like. None of them are my confidence. <laughs> Just telling you. My confidence is in Jesus Christ. And I'm gonna say something to you this morning that some of you aren't gonna like. Some of us, we display more confidence in Donald Trump than we do God. Just telling you the way it is. Okay, you don't like Donald Trump, and some of you did it with a Barack Obama. Some of you did it with, I don't care which leader you want to pick. Some of us have more confidence in a political system than we do the kingdom of God and Jesus Christ. Our mouth shows more confidence in that than it does in Jesus. Okay, I'll go back to stop meddling in politics. Don't you touch my politics. Jesus was here today. He'd blow up your politics so bad you'd never see a shade of it. <laughs> he'd, wreck it. He'd, he'd wreck it in our petty little thinking in a heartbeat. You know how I know that? Because that's what he did in his day. Blew it up. Okay, be good, Pastor. Our confidence today is not in the president. It's not in a nation. It's not in money. It's not in anything this world has to offer. It's not a person. It's not in the church. It's not in anything other than Jesus. The high priest forms a confession of our life. You see, the last slide, I've gone through 22 slides in a real fast amount of time. The ways of God keep me from going astray in my heart. Come on, Troy. Listen to me, church. We have got to come to an understanding. Let me go back to this for a minute. We have a lot of stuff happening in our country. In our, in, we have got to come back to a place where we know the ways of God. But the way that we know the ways of God is through Jesus. I'm telling you, he revealed the Father. He reveals how the Father thinks. All right? Listen to me this morning. The reason, there are many, many biblically illiterate Christians in our churches today. And I'm not saying that to, I'm not saying that as a, as, as casting stones. I'm just saying it as fact. Many times when I deal with people, they're going through life's issues and challenges void of the ways of God. And the reason that they're void of the ways of God is because they don't know the Word of God. They just don't know the Word of God. They don't know who Jesus is. They don't know who the Father is that was presented through Jesus. They don't know who they are as presented through the high priest to God. It is imperative. You're not going to go astray because you're necessarily because you're wicked. You may go astray because you're ignorant. How many of you can go astray by ignorance? That you don't know the ways of God. You, you, you harbor unforgiveness because you don't know what the Bible talks about forgiveness. You're harboring grudges and bitterness because you don't know the truth of God's word that'll set you free from it. You're harboring hurts from 50 years ago. The God, the Father says, I want to heal them. I want to heal them. This is not my way for you. 
I don't want you to walk in this. I don't want you to be bound by this. I want to set you free. But you don't know my ways. You don't know my heart. You don't know my character. Let me challenge you. I'm challenging you this morning. I want to challenge you this morning to get that Bible out. Go read the Gospels. Read those Gospels. Read about this Jesus, the apostle of our faith. And all of a sudden, you'll get a picture of God and say, whoa, I've got a confidence in who my God is that I've never had before. I have a confession of who my God is that I've never had before. I've got a profession of God that I've never had before. When life gets bad, I'll say my God is good. The confession changes. When the devil comes at you and he says, you're a no good, dirty sinner, you say, yeah, I know I was, but my high priest went to Calvary's cross, shed his blood for me, and now I stand justified in the face of a holy God. Come on. Your confession will change when you get a picture of who this God is. And now you walk with confidence. (laughs) I might even suggest some of you even have joy. Some will have peace. Come on. Where's my confidence forged today? Where is it founded today? Jesus the apostle. Jesus the high priest. And now, when my heart wants to go astray, because how many times sometimes our heart wants to? Our flesh wants to. There's something been forged in there. It says, no, no, no. I know the ways of God. I know the ways of God. I know the ways of God. Some of you even quit blaming God for some stuff. Some of you will just, you'll stop blaming stuff that God didn't do. You'll stop blaming him for stuff the devil did. Because you'll get in a picture. Something God. Something God. I told you before, some of the stuff we say, some of the stuff that some people say, and I'm not talking about just those nut jobs out there. I'm saying I hear Christians. You know, I use this phrase often, the, the story, what, two years ago? Crazed gunman goes into a gay nightclub, shoots 50 people. And people talking about it being the judgment of God. That's garbage. That's garbage. You know why it's garbage? That's not the God you see through Jesus. How many know we live post-Calvary? That's not the God you see. But also, if we're saying that that's God's judgment, what we're saying is that Jesus on Calvary's cross wasn't judgment enough. That it had to be Jesus on the cross plus a shooting. That's garbage and it's rubbish and it's not God. Quit defining my God and aligning him with evil. Okay. I have a confession today. And it's formed by Jesus. I have a confidence today. And it's formed by Jesus. That guards my heart when it wants to go astray. Do you got it? Do you got it? Do you got it? Father, I pray this morning. That all over this house this morning. That we will all come to know Jesus Our elder brother, the Bible says, Jesus, 
the apostle of our faith, Jesus, the high priest, who right now is interceding for me. We sing Jesus, the darkness trembles. You know how it trembles? Because there was a day that they thought he was dead and he rose out of that grave and now he sits at the right hand of the Father for me and interceding for me when I'm going through that darkness. Man. Mm. What's your picture of God formed on today? What's your picture of God? What's your revelation of God formed on? Is it formed on an angry mother? Is it formed on an angry father? Is it formed on an angry pastor? Was it formed on a judgmental person? Or is your picture of God this morning found in the face of Jesus, found in the words of Jesus, found in the works of Jesus? I challenge you to grab that Bible. Say, Holy Spirit, show me the Father through the life of Jesus, my apostle. Feeling condemned today? Feeling condemned today? Devil beating you up? Make your confession based upon the work of the high priest. So, Father, use your words today. Reveal your ways to us through your Son. Father, before we leave this house today, I pray for each person in this house to grab a revelation through your Son who you are. Father, I pray this morning in this house that there would be an insatiable desire for the Word of God that would just overtake our hearts. But Father, with that, we come an increased ability to understand what is read. That we would know your ways, we would know your works, we would know your words. That would guard our hearts and perform a confession out of our mouth. I pray a spirit of revelation. I pray a spirit of understanding. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending him to show us you. Thank you for sending him so that we can stand before you. The author of our faith, the finisher of our faith, the apostle, the high priest of our confession. Thank you for him. Amen. Have a great week. Go read the word. Go read about Jesus. Love you.